but then you hear all these stories behind the scenes where he's just a gigantic asshole. So, oh, it's like he's he's like a really nice guy to like other mm-hmm. puppeteers that he considers his equals, right? But when it comes to like those other people who are like helping him out, he's just rude and condescending and arrogant, and it's like, oh, that's nice. Sounds familiar. Welcome to this week's episode of Dance Monkey Dance. I'm Chris. I'm John. How you doing, John? I'm doing great, considering that it's gypsy season down here in the south. Gypsy season? Gypsy season. What's gypsy season? I don't well, remember that. Uh, I don't know. I think maybe we were less aware of them at the time. <laughs> okay. Um, so there, there, uh, around the general area, there are panhandlers who you see you know pretty much every day that this is kind of their their beat and stuff okay well now there are like new ones popping up and there's like seven people selling flowers in the median oh that okay and then there's this other thing that i i didn't realize until my uh my cousin pointed it out, but I've seen families where one of the parents is like playing the violin. Okay. Like an amplified violin, but they're not playing. It's a track. Oh, weird. Just to make you think that they're, you know, they're out of work musicians and they're trying to make money for their family. And it's like, it's, it's all a fake. And I've seen like four or five different groups like this in the past week. Oh, that's so weird. It's bizarre. It's really bizarre. Huh. I didn't realize that that was such a problem. Yeah. You know, it's weird because I went to Walmart last week and there was a dude standing out playing an electric violin. Uh, there you go. And that's I, him. I didn't, I didn't even think about it. Like I was just like, okay, whatever. Um, I don't know you whether or not he was actually playing. You should go up and give him a buck and see if he stops playing, but the music keeps going. <laughs> like, no, I want you to take this. Here, here, take this. Stop playing. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's so weird. So, you know, that's how you know spring is here. <laughs> I thought it was love bugs. Well, that too. That's another month. <laughs> That'll be here too. Soon. Florida is like the Australia of America. Like it's filled with weird shit that just wants to kill you. People playing violins, love bugs. <laughs> I didn't say they're trying to kill us. You, they might be. You don't you think know. so? Think so? A little bit of pol- a polonium on the tip of their bow. That's right. Waiting to scratch you. Yes. Take you out. You Assume don't. your identity. Wear your skin. That's right. <laughs> okay. That's exactly what it is. Okay. Yeah, so now you need to keep your eyes open, you know. 
Well, we don't normally have people standing in the streets collecting money. Really? There are there are places in like North Charleston at like the mall and stuff where people will sit with signs. Um but they don't make eye contact. Mm. And so like they're just sitting there looking all sad and I guess you're supposed to call them over. <laughs> okay. And I never do that. I'm always just like, you know, very sorry for, you know, whatever the fuck's going on, but I'm not yeah, I'm not getting involved. I did that once. <laughs> There's this guy who I had seen multiple times, and he's got a stack of signs uh-huh. that he kind of rotates through. Yep. And I drove by one day, and he's holding a sign that says, I'm Batman. <laughs> I had to give him five bucks. Oh, there you go. I called him over. Here you go, Batman. <laughs> but for the most part, yeah, you don't know who to trust. It's sad. So it's really sad. Was he at least wearing a cowl? No, he wasn't. Oh, man. No. That did, I mean, that would have been 10 bucks. <laughs> did he talk with a with a Batman accent? Uh, no. No. I I'm, I'm Batman. Thank you for the $5. Now I can get a taquito. <laughs> <laughs> yeah but yeah and I don't know I, I've i never seen this before but I'm starting to see people living in tents on the side of the road oh okay that I mean I saw a lot of in LA but I hadn't really seen it around here and I drove by I was on John Young Parkway kind of um between I-4 and Sand Lake. Okay. Which I never considered to be like a bad area. It was just an older area. And there are like people who have tents set up outside the subdivisions. Oh. And it's like, oh, well, that must be doing great for your property values. <laughs> <laughs> but you got a nice tent, so. <laughs> oh, yeah. so weird. Very weird. Very weird. Wow. Very weird. I'm waiting for somebody to like set up camp in front of like one of the big welcome to Disney signs. <laughs> <laughs> I think that would only be appropriate. Well, I mean, I see that, um, that the governor of, uh, Florida is now ripping apart Disney because, because they're woke. The CEO, I guess, went and said he, they didn't like the don't say gay bill, so mm-hmm. they ripped them apart or whatever. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Man. He's just a piece of shit. Wait, which one? Well, both of them, but <laughs> our governor. Okay. Our governor's a piece of shit. He did, he did some press conference at a, at a, school or university or high school or something and there are a bunch of students standing behind him with masks masks on i saw that and then he and he was like bullying them telling them it's like you look stupid take those off it's like oh god where's the sniper please <laughs> please it's really weird obviously covid didn't do its job it's really weird that like Public safety is no longer a concern of the Republicans. Oh, God, no. 
profit is. Yeah. At any cost. Yeah, it's sad. America. <laughs> and apparently down here in Florida, they've been rounding up patriots left and right from the January 6th uh, coup. Oh. Yes. Well, that's good. I guess. <laughs> Aren't they like roaches for everyone you see? There's 500 hiding in the walls. <laughs> yeah. Well. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was, I had to go up to Claremont, which okay. is kind of Trump country. And a guy in a big black SUV pulled up next to me and on his back passenger window is a Donald Trump window shade <laughs> like oh, Donald's Jesus. in the back seat of the SUV <laughs> <laughs> that's like oh my god you're an asshole <laughs> I did see something from I guess it was somewhere in Florida there was there's a there's a van that rolls around that's got Trump's head photoshopped onto Rocky Balboa's body Oh, really? I have not seen that. Yeah, and it's like he's going to knock out the Democrats or something, and it's just like, ugh. Yeah. I'll never understand that fascination, but whatever. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> enough politics. <laughs> yeah. That's enough politics. The Empire is gaining ground. <laughs> Order 67 should be coming any day now. Well, you know, we're going to World War Three, so. That... Well, any, if, if peace talks don't work out. Well. I mean, so, I mean, maybe I'm just naive, but there was a statement from the current administration that said we will not get involved because we don't want it to look like an act of war. Correct. But here is a bunch of surface-to-air missiles. Isn't that supplying weapons to Russia's enemy, which would constitute an act of war? I mean, like I said, I don't understand politics, so I don't get it. I, I don't know if it's because they're not supplying manpower. It's not active war. They're, they're providing defense gear. Okay, so if it was boots on the ground, it would be completely different. It'd be act, or, or no-fly zone, because a no-fly zone would have to be enforced. Okay. Okay, I mean, that makes it, a little bit more sense. I mean, at least from what I gather. Okay. No, fair enough. I mean, it, it, it always seems like, you know, they're going back on what they're saying, and then, like, it's, it's just a weird kind of, like well, we said this, but we're going to do this. And they never, they never explain it enough to where that I'm like, Oh, okay. It just yeah. looks like, Oh, we're going to send them a shitload of money and a bunch of like surface to air missiles. Right. Oh, okay. <laughs> or anti-tank missiles, whatever the hell it was. Yeah. <clears throat> Scary. No. Yeah. Yep. We had a, on one of the local Facebook pages, um, somebody asked about, there's a subdivision here that 
a lot of the houses have blue and yellow flags. And apparently one of the neighbors is Ukrainian and they still have a bunch of family in Ukraine. So the the development was coming together to support the uh, the neighbor. Okay. Which is really nice considering this is South Carolina and right. most of the time it's completely backwards. Sure. So immediately the backwards people try to make it political and they're they're talking about how the Democrats want to do all this stuff and all of these people like jumped on these these people that were like trying to own the libs and it was like well good I'm glad that people are finally fucking can look and see like doesn't have to be about politics it's about innocent people in the Ukraine being forced out of their homes and being killed right for no reason other than there's a dude that wants more power mm-hmm. and they're puppeting back things online that are Russian talking points. And it's like, wow. Okay. So you want to own the libs, but you're standing up with the very people who you don't but like. Tucker Carlson said, Oh uh, yeah, he's another one. <laughs> Put them all in a giant slingshot, aim for Russia and just let go. See what happens. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think you book the first plane right to the border of Kiev and you send Tucker Carlson to report live. <laughs> you give him t shirts and a short and a pair of sandals. <laughs> <laughs> and say, here you go. All these other people are out here risking their lives to report the real news. Here's your chance. Right. But that won't happen because he makes too much money for the network. Well, somebody needs to take the take one for the team and just pop them out on the street. Uh, I don't know. Well, I do know, <laughs> but I know about martyrdom and the whole thing. And like, it'd just be a rallying cry, but like, at least he'd be off the air. Mm-hmm. Where's his throat cancer? Like Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> no, he deserves ball cancer, <laughs> ball and ass cancer. There you go. There you go. So, oh, well, anyway, anywho, what's going on? What's new? What's shaking? <laughs> what's shaking? What's shaking? Uh, uh, so Disney Plus did something interesting. Is this the moving of all of the Marvel properties? Yes. Yes. I'm about three quarters of the way through the first season of Daredevil. Did you get um, to the hallway fight yet? The hallway fight. You'd know it if you I, saw it. Oh God, I don't know. I got. I've, there's like been so many really. Okay, so he he escaped in the tunnels in the sewers, and now Froggy thinks that that this masked guy the dread pirate robert is is a uh a, a nut job okay and the the girl who's their secretary is now trying to work with the reporter mm-hmm. um and the the blind guy just came and left stick yes yes i'm on i'm about to start episode eight 
I guess there's 13 in the first season. Okay. Um, I'm trying to remember when the fight happens. I mean, I do remember a hallway fight. There is a one-shot hallway fight. Mm, okay, then I don't think this was it. Uh, all right, let me just let me just do it this way. What episode? Daredevil hallway. It is. Is it actually episode two? No. Yes, apparently it is. Okay, that is the one I saw. Okay, so yeah, I mean, it's a single shot yes. hallway fight where okay. the the choreography is set up in a way where you're watching Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, um, fight his way through this hallway full of people and they keep going in and out of the doorways. Yes, yes. And so Charlie Cox is there and he goes out and then like the stunt guy flips in um, and does like a whole bunch of like real stunty type things. And then they go through the next door and Charlie Cox comes out of the next door and continues the fight so that they can get like close up on daredevil and stuff. There's a couple of those within the three, um, the three seasons of the show Okay. There's like an 11 minute one shot in season. I think it's in season two. Okay. That is fucking phenomenal. Actually, I think it's season three. I think season two is there's a stairwell fight, Um, but it's really well done. And I, I guess people are a little shocked that Disney didn't uh, censor any of it. No, there's they're not censoring no, it for language, to, but you have to change your settings. Yes. I, I noticed that when I tried the, log on the other day yes um which i guess is fine i guess that's a better i guess that's an okay way to do it um but you know we have three pro- profiles in the house because everybody wanted their own separate watch list right well that's so fine. then you have to go and you have to change them for everybody and it's like uh okay oh i thought it defaulted to family and then you had to enter your password to get it to go ma well, it does, but then it it starts asking you for each person. Can oh. this person watch mature content? Can this wor- person watch mature content? And then you have to like enter your password after every time. And I did it on a TV, so it's not like you've got a, a yeah a that's keyboard a in, in front of you. You have to go yep. with the fucking clicker, and I'm like, oh, yeah. So we just wanted to watch a fucking TV show, Jesus. So are you going to hit all of the Netflix shows? Are you going to do Luke Cage um, and Jessica Jones? And I don't know. I'm going to see how it goes after this. Okay. I was kind of interested in Iron Fist. That's the weakest of the four. Oh, okay. I, I don't know how I'm going to react to Jessica Jones because the actress, yeah. uh, Kristen Ritter. Uh-huh. Was on another was on a sitcom called The Bitch and Two B. Right. Um, so I don't know if I'll be able to like separate her from <laughs> that role. It's very different. It's it she she plays it very very straight and like. Um, first season has David Tennant in it as the bad guy. Oh. And it's okay. he's superb in it. I, 
Really? I would at least try to watch it for him. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, they are saying that Disney has removed any mention of Netflix in the titles. Oh, well, I can see that. You know, they've they've removed them from from the title sequences. I could see that. Like, it's no longer a Netflix property, so. Right. But Netflix did it. You know, they put the work in. Backed by Marvel's money, though. Yeah, but still. Well, I guess. I mean, by that token, then, then every Pixar movie should just say Disney. Well, yeah, I get it. So there. I was really pissed off because the day that... Um, the day that they were taken off, I went on to Netflix and my, my profile, my profile avatar was different because it had mm. been daredevil for right. however long it was. And so like now I'm, I'm, I was like this weird cartoon character and I was like, fuck me. Now I got to go find something. And like, they're all stupid. Right. Like there's nobody on there that I'd want to be like represented by an avatar for. I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> I know it's first world problems, but they're still problems. Damn it. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'm, uh, um, daredevil's probably the best one followed by the punisher. Oh, okay. And, but punisher is super violent. Like if you don't like blood, then punisher is not going to be for you. Um, because it's 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 super intense. So just take that with okay. a grain of salt. But I mean, if you can watch Walking Dead, I think it. I think you could watch Punisher. I think we're all becoming numb to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a part of life now. Well, there definitely is, is something to the desensitate desensitation. Is that the right word? Desensitization. Yeah, whatever. desensitized um, because all of the entertainment now is people punching each other. Yeah, it's people punching each other and getting bloody. And so if if it still bothers you in this day and age and you're a better person than me. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, season one, Daredevil Fisk decapitates a guy using his car door. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that, that does. So, happen, doesn't it? you know, I need to go back and watch daredevil again because i haven't watched it since they all first aired on netflix so it's been a while yeah and there's only like what 10 of them per season uh, i think there's 13, 13 of season one. Oh yeah because they were still trying to do the the um, half season well they were trying they were trying to be like cable tv instead of being like we can tell the story in six episodes Yeah, there's 13 per. Yeah. I mean, that's still not bad. Considering. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Yeah. Glad you're into that. Something something new to watch. Yeah. Something new to watch. Have you caught up on Picard? Yes. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for not spoiling the Borg Queen for me. Because uh, when she finally showed up, I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Although it's still not Alice Creek, but no, but so there's been several Borg Queens since first contact. Yeah. Um, Voyager, um, when Voyager decided to bring on seven and nine and do the Borg, um, the Borg queen was played for a while by the actress that played Oliver Queen's mother on arrow. Um, so she did it for a couple of seasons and then at the end of at the end of the Voyager run they brought Alice Creek back okay um and then it was I I think there was like a Star Trek board game or something or she appeared somewhere else too and she okay. was a completely different actress and I guess the idea is that there are different board queens um, oh really? Yeah, because there's in that in episode two of Picard seven basically says something along the lines of because there's a board queen in episode one that takes over the ships, but she doesn't look like a board queen, right? And so seven says at some point this is a more typical queen. So mm. I'm I'm guessing there maybe there are different ones or something I don't know because Alice Creek basically gets killed in um, the movie and then comes back so right I, I don't know did you watch or did have you watched all three episodes yes okay yep um, I thought the the interaction when um, Oh God, I can't remember a character name, but Allison pill. Yes. Gets that gets connected. And like mm-hmm. her and the board queen are talking to Picard, but it keeps flip flopping of who's talking through who. Right. I thought that that was done extremely well. I was like, wow. Okay. Um, I, I thought Allison pill has kind of been wasted up until now. Yeah. Um, even last season, like she was always the, she was always the person that they were trying to like deal with or like didn't have all the shit together. And it started out that that way with this season where she was like drunk and she was right. Trying to figure shit out. And now she's got more agency. And I think that they finally figured out what to do with her. Um, I do have a rather weird, um, not a conspiracy theory, but a theory on what's going to happen. Yeah. I think, um, I think that the Borg queen that shows up in the future. Okay. Is Allison pill. Oh, really? Okay. There was, I think it was episode two when the Borg they, they transport the Borg queen onto the ship. And Allison Pill is pushing her up against the back wall and she like falls over and stuff. Yeah. There is a very prolonged interaction between the two where the Borg Queen is like staring at her and she's staring back at her. Okay. And then in this episode, there is a, a, when, when, um, Allison Pill steals the information from the Borg Queen's mind. The right. Borg Queen says, you've impressed me. 
And so mm-hmm. I think that there's going to have to be some kind of compromise made where her character is going to get sacrificed, but she becomes the new Borg queen. And that's why they're coming to the Federation. That's why they want to be included. And I think that's why that Borg queen looks completely different. Okay. Um, you know, they were looking specifically for Picard, but what if that wasn't because he was Locutus, but what if that was because she knows Picard and the way to get him to trust know. her was to like power up and like, like shit went sideways before that she could reveal who she was. Oh, interesting. I don't okay. know. Like, that's just a theory. That's just looking at what's, what's already trying to be connected and, and like extrapolating it out to like, what would, what would a normal Star Trek franchise do with these characters? Yeah. And like, you've got the whole Rios is lost in LA and now he's been uh, arrested and, um, you know, it's very similar. There was a deep space nine set of episodes that take place in 2024 mm-hmm. where they end up in what's called the sanctuary district, which there actually were signs for in this. Um, uh-huh. and so like there's, it's a time of like the homeless people were being shoved into these areas to where they could live. Um, but it was just a way for the rich people to keep them oppressed. And so like, there's a little bit of that there. Um, and so like they're, they're definitely hitting on themes that star Trek has tackled before. Um, and kind of paying it off as fan service um, because there are people like me that are like, oh, look, there's a sanctuary district mm-hmm. and shit like that. So um, I don't know. I, I, I think of all the current Star Trek shows that are on, I think Picard is probably the best one. Which is saying something because I had issues with season one. Interesting. Yeah. Season one was a little difficult, but. But again, it felt like that they had made season one just to tell this story. This is where we're going. You know, there'll be some big reveal at the end of season two. Season three will deal with that. And then that'll be the end of it. Hmm. I, I, I don't know if it's his, if this is the way he's acting, but I'm noticing that Patrick Stewart's a little slower in his delivery and I don't know if that's Picard aging or Patrick Stewart aging I th- I've seen interviews with him I think it's Patrick Stewart yeah okay I, I think he's slowing down I think the, and that's the reason where they're why they're only doing three seasons and they kind of shot them back to back so that like you know and I think we talked about this last week like if something happens to him you're done yeah so yeah and it's also, I believe that's why he doesn't go on, you know, the quest into LA because mm. he can't do action anymore. He can't, you know, he can't really, he can't do the stunts that are, that are going to be asked of him to do. Right. So they're going to find something for him to do on the ship and bring whoever back to him. Um, Cause even like, in the beginning of episode two, when 
he's walking through his house with Q. Mm-hmm. He's kind of struggling to keep up. And yeah. I don't know if that's supposed to be because the character's in his 90s or that's just Patrick Stewart. Who's in his 80s. <clears throat> Who's in his 80s. So, yeah. But, I mean, yeah. I, be, being a Star Trek fan, I also really enjoyed the, the references to the skulls in Picard's study. Mm-hmm. Because those are major characters throughout the franchise. Gold Ducat was in Deep Space Nine. General Martok was in Deep Space Nine. Sarek is from the original series. Mm-hmm. So there's all these little callbacks of like, and people have gone back and, and um, taken shots of the walls and lined it up to like, oh, these are actually like weapons from um, these specific episodes and like these characters and stuff. And it's all start. It's, it's the Star Trek producers being like, yes, we're fans of the show too. Mm-hmm. And we're going to, we're going to throw in all these little Easter eggs for you. I, I, I did find it interesting, interesting that Sark was one of the skulls he had. Yeah. And I, I think it's there, there was, there's a connection between Sarek and Picard. Um, there was an episode of the next generation where Sarek shows up on the enterprise mm-hmm. and Sarek is having trouble maintaining his discipline. So he mind melds with Picard and there was this thing at the end of like you two will always be attached to each other. And so I think that that's the writers being like, um, yeah, they, they were attached. He beheaded this dude on the steps of the of the science academy in front of Spock. Like, you know, they're name dropping shit in order to for it to all tie together. Yeah, true. I'm not a huge fan of the. um the time travel thing. I don't, I don't, I hope that they don't spend all of the season, um, in the past. Uh huh. I hope it's more like, Hey, we're here for like two episodes and we're out. And then we got to go back and like fix shit. Mm. Um, cause like Soji, who was the main focus of season one has only been in like two seconds of, like season or the first episode. So um, they're not really paying off all of the characters that they set up. I mean, they killed off um, Elnor who's the, yeah. the, the, uh, the Romulan. Romulan kid. Yep. So it's, it's a little weird. It's, it's, I have faith in them though. The first three episodes have been really good. So, I mean, going to find the quote-unquote watcher in L.A., I'm assuming that that's Guinan? I was thinking that. Which, do they then go and de-age Whoopi Goldberg? Because in this time, she'd be Whoopi Goldberg from the Enterprise and, you know. Right. She wouldn't have aged herself. No. No. So, that'll be interesting. Hmm. Hmm. I mean, it's way better than Star Trek Discovery. Oh, yeah. Well, Star Trek Discovery did their season finale this past week, and it wasn't good. I just don't think that. And I hate to say it because, like, I'm sure she's worked very hard to get where she is. But the main actress, Sinequa Green, Green, Martin Green, Martin Green. 
is not a good actress in Star Trek. Uh, no. It's not her cup of tea, man. And they make her say all of this techno babble while acting super emotional, and it just mm -hmm. doesn't come off. Well, do you think it's the writing or do you think it's the actress? Uh, well, I don't... The The show definitely has writing problems. Okay. The show this season has focused on the well-being of the crew and mental health and, like, they paralleled it with COVID and, like, people and their own emotional struggles. And I get that. But the situations that they put them in, the way that they tell the story is not very Star Trek. And they've struggled for four seasons to figure out what Star Trek Discovery was going to be. Yeah. First season was they're up against the Klingons, even though they don't look like Klingons. And then it was, well, we're catching up to the canon of um, the original series. So season two was all about getting them, getting them to the point where at the very end, they shoot them into the future to the 31st century. And so that's cool. You don't have to worry about canon. You're not coming up against anything. Like you can tell your own stories. And then they just kind of fumbled it. Mm. And it's like, okay, like if you're not even going to be able to do this, like what are you trying to tell Star Trek wise? And they just released a, um, a trailer for season one of Star Trek. Um, oh, what's it called? Star Trek. Strange New Worlds, which is Captain Pike and the Enterprise. Yes. Um, and they're already shooting season two. Um, and they just announced that they have um, cast Captain Kirk. So I'm assuming at some point they're just going to remake all the old Star Trek episodes with just a new cast. Because mm. that kind of feels like where we're going. So you think we'll see City on the Edge of Tomorrow? I don't know. I don't know because at some point uh, Pike has to have his accident and wind up in the weird wheelchair thing. Right. So I don't know. Like, do they do that and then hand the enterprise over to, um, to Kirk and then it just becomes Star Trek later on. I don't know. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But it's not very good. I mean, they set up this whole story this year about there was this big anomaly that was destroying planets, and it turned out that it was this uncontacted civilization that lives outside of our galaxy. And they had to learn how to talk to them, but it really turned out to be like an episode of, oh, what was that movie? Um, not Contact. Um, the Arrival. You know, there's there are these big floating things and they only mm -hmm. they only communicate through light and mo scent molecules or something. And so then they have to figure out how to talk to them. And there's an entire episode of just like trying to get in their heads to figure out how to communicate with them. And I'm like, oh, OK. And then the weird part of the at the very end of this the episode of the finale, the president of earth shows up 
Yes, I, I've seen pictures of that. And it's Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. from Georgia. And it's like, I understand she's a huge Star Trek fan, but that's a little bit too on the nose. Mm. Like, for what it's like, I don't know. I It was weird. And so, like, stunt casting aside, I think Star Trek Discovery has problems. Okay. But did you watch the new Ms. Marvel trailer? Uh, I didn't. No? I don't feel any interest in that. This is not going to be... um, Good? Well, this is not going to be something that I look forward to seeing. Okay. This is meant for the same demographic that Turning Red was. It's young teenage girls um, in a position where they don't really feel like themselves and this one just happens to get superpowers. Okay. It's meant it's meant for teenage girls and that's fine. Is it is it superpowers because of her her menstruation cycle? Uh, maybe like, you know, several days a month, she becomes super strong and angry. <laughs> you don't want to fuck with her three to four days during That's the month. That's it. I don't know. Um, it, I think, I think what Marvel is doing smartly is building the franchises for the younger audience because they're the, that audience is going to drag their parents to the movies or make them watch the TV shows or do whatever, buy them merchandise. And they're looking at it as a long-term investment of, Oh, sure. You know, they're, they're going to age up these characters into their own adventures and they'll get handed off from the other characters. And like, you know, you can see it with, they're going to do Ironheart and they're doing this and, you know, Cassie, uh, Lang is going to be the young ant man woman thing, whatever her name is going to be. And they're, they're going to do like young Avengers and that's, that's totally cool. Um, I think what you're going to start seeing though, is the white rabid fanboy base is going to start to take exception with it because they're not going to like it. Hmm. So at what point do they become irrelevant? I think they already are. Okay. I think as as this shit progresses and you get you get you know Oscar Isaac as a non-white superhero and you get um you know Kamala Khan shows up as Ms. Marvel and you're like you're already moving away from that demographic. Um how many black people were in the first Avengers film? Nick Fury? What? Mm. none of the heroes were were black and I think that the inclusion of those types of characters builds those um, builds that outreach to those communities and they get more people going and watching these things and so like by the time you get to Civil War and well even Endgame I mean every single every single um, race and nationality and, and species is represented in that, 
big final fight. So I think Marvel's already starting to be like, you know, the the white comic book reading guys that are in their mid forties don't really matter anymore. Mm. That's too bad. So what are you going to watch? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, at the end of the day, when, when I feel like it's something that I can not relate to, but at least can have fun watching, I'll still watch this stuff. I mean, okay. I'm not the demographic, but I can also appreciate like decent storytelling. So, you know, Okay. I mean, there's going to be 52 weeks of Star Trek to watch. That's all mainly still white. So. <laughs> yeah. Now, see, I hope that they go further back in time and we get to see a de-aged Joan Collins. Oh, geez. Because I think that would just be great. Is she still? You know, alive? maybe. Yeah. Oh. She was in American Horror Story a couple of seasons ago, where she played Tits McGee. <laughs> <laughs> um, that or maybe we see like another Dixon Hill episode on the uh, the holodeck uh, see that would be fun yeah oh she's 88 okay why was I thinking that she had died I don't know hmm I mean, apparently she's still acting because she's got a lot of credits. Yeah. She was herself in the 2020, uh, in the TV short 2020, the movie. Uh, I mean, it looks like she's never stopped acting. I just don't know yeah. if I've ever. Seen anything she's in? Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's done a bunch of episodes, 10 episodes of something called glow and darkness. Okay. On, is this on showtime in the midst of the struggle between Kings, emperors, sultans, and popes glow and darkness tells as never before the intertwined stories of characters such as Saladin, emperor Bar Barbosa, Richard, the Lionheart, Philip Augustus, Francis of Assisi, 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 and, and Eleanor of Aquit Aquitaine, among others. A Aquitaine, Aquitaine, yes. And she plays Aladain, at at Adelaide, Adelaide of Savoy. Savoy. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I've never heard of that show, and I haven't either. Well, it's only in post, so. Is it only in post? That's what it says. Does it have a? Oh, okay. Well, that's why I've never seen it. It um, interesting cast. Uh, Bruce Davison, Denise Richards, Geraldine Chaplin. Oh. And nobody, 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 and oh yeah, special appearance by nobody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think her finest role had to have been his as. Uh, Wilma Flaghoople's mother. Oh, Jesus. I remember that. That was my favorite. That was my favorite with Harvey Carmen as Wilma's father. Uh, yeah. Yes. That was awesome. I mean, she's had a huge 
long career. Mm-hmm. Did a lot more TV than I thought she did. Yeah? Yeah. Didn't she do, like, a movie called, like, The Bitch or something? Yes. Okay. Yes. Written by her sister. Oh. <laughs> Just for her? Yeah. I thought of you when I wrote this. Well, I mean, she was on, what was it, Dynasty? Dynasty for, like, yeah. forever. She did a movie called The Stud, and then she did a movie called The Bitch. Yes. Also written by her sister. Oh, okay. I, well, I can see the similarity now. Yeah. Were those like her first two? No, that was 78. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. Wow, she started acting in 1951. Yeah. Yep. Wow. Okay. Well, here's one of those things that I, I just wasn't aware of that she was still alive. Yep. Good for her. I met her once. Did you? You've met everybody. Yeah. I have met everybody. I travel in certain circles. <laughs> oh, yes. The, the rich and the pompous. Yes. Yes. She did 205 episodes of Dynasty. Wow. Followed by two episodes of Dynasty The Reunion. Oh, okay. And an, and an episode of Roseanne. <laughs> I, I think that was one of those things in the 80s, right? Everybody had to, like, shuffle through. Yes, yes. She also did a, seven episodes of Guiding Light. Like, she actually went, like, as a known actress and went and did, like, a, a soap opera. Mm. That's weird. That is weird. Normally you start in a soap opera and then you... Well, I think, I mean, didn't Elizabeth Taylor do General Hospital or something at one point? Did she? She did one of them. Oh. Is she still alive? No. Oh, okay. Maybe that's who I'm confusing Joan Collins with. Maybe that's what I'm doing. I don't know. Yeah, she's on General Hospital and all my children. Oh. Maybe they just like a challenge of like, you know, seven days a week of or five days a week of like filming. Oh, I'm sure she wasn't on it for five days a week. No. No. A week and out. Oh, and well, here's your confusion. Okay. So in the first Flintstones movie, Elizabeth Taylor played Mrs. Slag Hoople. Oh, okay. In the second one, it was Joan Collins. I mean, but nobody saw the second one. Yeah, like, I did. Did you? Well, they like changed the whole cast, didn't they? Yes, it was no longer um, John Goodman. Yeah. It was... Wasn't it? It was Mark Addy from Full Monty and... Uh, yeah, and then Stephen Baldwin is Barney. Yes, that's right. Kristen Johnson that's... is Wilma, and Jane Chris, Chris, Krakowski is Betty. Hmm. Because this was a because the second one was a flashback, wasn't it? Yeah, it was how they all okay. met. Yeah. 
They had Alan Cumming as the Great Gazoo. As opposed to Harvey Carmen. Right, who was Colonel Slag Hoople. Yes. Uh, Elizabeth Taylor died in 2000. Oh. <laughs> she died on March 21st, 2011. This is our tribute to Elizabeth Taylor. Oh, no shit. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. And what's your fond memories of, of her? Did you meet I, her? I've never met her. Oh, come on. You just said you've met everybody. No, but I do remember a story. Oh, okay. Told by George Hamilton. Okay. Must have been on one of those talk shows back in the and back in the eighties, <laughs> where she was filming a movie in Italy and she was caught sunbathing in the nude on her hotel balcony. And somebody sent the photos to her, trying to extort money from her. And her reaction was, "I look good. Print them." <laughs> <laughs> hey why not there you go yeah I mean that just is arms like that whole thing mm-hmm. well that goes back to when Will Wheaton and his wife were like caught on a beach in Hawaii or something and the paparazzi threatened to publish them so he he and his wife published photos of their 40 year old bodies first. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> so yeah, definitely. Yep. Poor, poor will. Ah, uh, poor will. But maybe I'm... he'll be doing brain commercials with Mayim. <laughs> I don't know. Let me play somebody brainy on TV. I was also a has been. <laughs> I mean, at Can least, we... at least will Wheaton has, has kind of doubled down on the whole Star Trek thing. He does all of the, for Paramount Plus, he does all the after shows mm -hmm. for Star Trek. So, well, I, you got to make money somehow. Right. And you may as well embrace it. And, you know, there was a time when he didn't embrace it and he, he mm -hmm. shied away from it and he was like, what am I doing? That's stupid. That was who I was. Yep. Um, you know, he's a, he's a good author. He, he does he gets a bunch of work like doing um narrating books like audio books and stuff so mm -hmm. you know you don't have to be in front of the camera to to make a good living no god no and i mean you've got your in so yeah yeah and i'm sure he could just go to conventions and sign shit for the rest of his life Sure. Be completely content. Mm -hmm. Well, what are the odds that we would have been talking about her a year after her death? I know, right? <laughs> wow. Wacky. Wacky. That's weird. She's she's here with us, Chris. She is? Do you she feel is. her presence? I no, I think she's she's right behind you. Be careful. No, nah, she, she might be hungry. She might be hungry. Watch it. They, they, they don't come to people who don't believe in the afterlife. No. No. What would be a better challenge? Well, I would assume if that was the case, that my mom would have appeared at some point in the last three years. No. But that never happened. Maybe she's got better things to do. You weren't as important as you think. <laughs> okay. So she had always said to me, 
that um, she was going to come back and haunt me specifically because she was going to let me know that there was something after death. Mm-hmm. And I was like, good, do it because that's fine. And then she died. Nothing happened. So that you know of maybe you're, you're so obstinate that she's sending you all these signals and you're just ignoring them. Uh, no, no, no. Cause she, she'd find a way to, to break through. Yeah. And nothing, man. What if things are so awesome in heaven that, you know, well, she, then, uh, she just hasn't had time. I'm never going to find out. Cause I probably won't go to heaven. Even if there is one. You don't think she'll put in a good word for you? No. No? So, okay, this is a weird offshoot, but um, I had a discussion once with somebody when I was living in Arkansas. And um, the idea of life after death came up. And there a lot of people in Arkansas believe that when you die, there is an afterlife, but you do not remember your family because okay. heaven, heaven is promised to be full of joy. And if you have family members that die and go to hell, mm. you would miss them. And that would be sadness. So because there's no sadness in heaven, the, the idea that you retain who you were just gets stripped away. So are you saying that dementia is a dry run for heaven? <laughs> because Possibly. it kind of sounds like it's like, so if you're not going to be reunited with your loved ones, why would you want to go? Well, Yes, possibly. <laughs> I mean, it that that makes more sense to me than, you know. I don't know. I don't believe in any of it, so, you know. No. What do I care? Oh, someday, Chris. Someday. When I die, I'm going to pop out of your toilet. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Go ahead. Okay. Okay. Look, as an atheist, I really hope I'm wrong. I really do. Yeah. I really, really hope I'm wrong because I would, I would like to think that at some point in an afterlife, I would get to see my kid again. Yeah. You know, stuff like that, that it's not my last breath. And then that's the end. What if she doesn't want to see you again? Do you really think that that would happen? I don't know. There's usually an awful lot of yelling in the background. (laughs) Yeah, but that's not at me. (laughs) So I would think given the choice of who to see and who not to see. Yeah. I would be in the favorite there. Okay. Um, But yeah, I mean, I hope, I hope that I'm wrong and I got to go defend my actions or whatever. That's, that'd be fine be like that um um Albert Brooks movie. Remember that movie? Defending Your Life? Yes. Where he dies and then he he realizes in order to get to heaven he they like go through his entire life and he's got to explain everything. Um 
that's fine if that's the way it's got to work because at the end of the day if you believe if you believe in God and you believe in everything happens for a reason and and God is infallible then he made me an atheist and so mm-hmm. I'm exactly what Do I'm supposed think, to be and if he made you in his image does that mean God's an atheist and he doesn't believe in himself possibly mm. possibly I mean look I mean, you could also think of like God put the tree in the Garden of Eden, right? The tree of knowledge. So did he do that not knowing what was what would happen? And if he did that, he isn't all knowing. Or he knew that it would happen and he set us up for failure. Mm, Quite the conundrum. Like. Like there are ways to argue religion where you're like, oh, okay, that doesn't seem very like what they've been teaching in churches and stuff. But, you know, I don't know. Okay. But as an atheist, I'm forced to think about this shit because at some point I'm going to have to defend myself from fucking stupid Christians. (laughs) After you've died. No, before. No, before? Okay. Yeah, because they all, you know, they all want to argue when they find out I'm an atheist. What do you mean I'm an atheist? It's like, uh, whatever. There's, there's, just, just stop telling people that. Well, I have, but I'm also like, there are, there are times when, like, shit comes up and it's like, I'm not going to hide I'm an atheist. Like, especially if they want to argue something. Okay. But there's like an atheist playbook that they all like argue out of. It's all, I don't, I can't tell you how many times I heard the thing of like, do you believe in evolution? Yes, I do. And then they say something stupid like, well, okay. Um, if we evolved from monkeys, why are there still monkeys? And they all fucking say it. And it's like, y'all reading from the same pamphlet because because they were underachievers. Well, I mean, my my response is usually does your family if it, uh, it's usually a white dude. So, does your family come from Europe? Yeah. Well, how come they're still Europeans? <laughs> like, think before you talk. When you're going to say something stupid because you think you're going to zing me, like, you're not. But you know, people are stupid. People want to get into arguments. When I lived in Arkansas, you'd shake somebody's hand and you'd meet them for the first time and they wouldn't say, hey, what's your name? They'd say, what church do you go to? Mm. And they would judge you based on what your religious affiliation was. It's like, that's not very Christian. Now, when I was in Charleston, I was told that they don't ask where you're from. They ask, what's your drink? Uh, Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) You don't want to tell him you're from up north and you don't no. want to tell him you're from Ohio. Why Ohio? Uh, there is a hatred for Ohio here. Really? Yeah, I guess there was a large influx of people from Ohio into the Charleston area who at some point complained about like the speed at which Charlestonians operate and live. Okay. And I've seen it too. It's like I'm at a hundred percent. They're at 35%. There's no, um, 
there's no, there's no, um, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no sense of urgency. They're going to get there when they get there and fuck everybody else. I'm going to stop four lanes of traffic to let this one idiot into the traffic. And so that he can all sit in traffic with us. Like there's a whole bunch of stupid shit that goes on here. Mm. But if you complain about it, then everybody just jumps on you of like, you're from the North, aren't you? And it's like, why does everybody got to be put in these fucking categories? But that's what the, they fucking do here. It's, it's about religion, where you're from and what political affiliation you are. And that's Charleston in a nutshell. Which is weird because Charleston is actually one of the more progressive areas in South Carolina. So, I don't know. Interesting. Yep. Yep. I mean, there there are some counties in South Carolina that only have like a couple of hundred people in it. And those are those are the real backwards people. Those are the ones you don't want to fucking talk to. When I was at the grocery store this afternoon, there was a a person in the row next to me who kept shouting, praise to God. (laughs) I don't know if he was autistic and they had just come from church, but he said it many times and people just kind of like started looking away from him. Oh, God. Even as he's leaving the store. Well, do you think there was an issue with him? Do you think that maybe he wasn't all mentally there? Yes. I think he, he may have been on the spectrum. Okay. Because there is a woman that, um, when I go grocery shopping on Sunday nights, I have, I have started to go later because knowing that she won't be in the store, Okay. Who walks around and will come up to you and say, happy birthday. And the first time I was like, it's not my birthday. And she was like, well, then Merry Christmas. It's not Christmas. Well, happy Easter. And so like, she'd come up and be like, happy birthday. And I'd be like, thank you. And she'd say, it's a great day. And she'd turn around and walk away. And Mm. obviously she's a little not all there. Yeah. So I'm wondering whether you have a person like that. I, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also was going to go to Best Buy, but as I was trying to find a parking space, there were three guys selling candy. I was like, I don't have time for this shit. (laughs) Just just say no hablo inglés. Yeah, and then with my luck, they'd start jabbering away in Spanish. Well, then you say no, no Espanol. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. What? I'm, I'm, I'm just not good. I'm just not good with those people begging, you know, football teams and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. It's like, stop begging. Take your phone out. Put oh, it I up do to your ear a lot. and I do that say, all the time. say, as you're walking past and be like, next person asks me for a dollar, I'm going to fucking kill like <laughs> into the phone and they won't, they won't talk to you. <laughs> no, I usually put it up to my ear and I go, uh-huh. Yeah. 
Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, put put on... Especially during Girl Scout season, because those little bitches are aggressive. If you're still wearing a mask to the stores, put one of those on, put some sunglasses on, a baseball hat. That's exactly my M.O. And then look down at your feet, put the phone up to your ear, just don't bother. But it's just that potential interaction. Oh, Jesus. You're you're even more of an introvert than I am, man. Oh, yeah. I hate people. <laughs> well, so do I, but I at least can tell them off. No, I'd rather not. I don't <laughs> want any interaction whatsoever. None whatsoever. <laughs> and yet you'll get on an airplane and, like, fly across the world and interact yeah, with people. Yeah, but I'm not, like making friends with people so, I don't talk to the people next to me so on a 12 hour flight there's never like a starting up a conversation oh god no a little chit chat no 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 god no oh okay I'm not looking for a relationship I need to go from point A to point B <laughs> that's it okay that's all it is nobody's nobody's ever tried to be like so where are you heading and nope. start of a conversation? Nope. Okay. Nope. Damn. Nope. Nope. I take the window seat so I don't have to worry about anybody climbing over me to take a pee. <laughs> uh, are you one of those people that puts on the, um, you know, like one of those sleeping masks? No. No? No. And just acts like you're dead to the world? No. No? Okay. No. You, you got to be alert. You know, somebody might try to steal your peanuts. For when those peanuts come around? Yes. Okay. Yes. Which now is usually pretzels. Oh. Okay. Fair enough. Okay, so we've learned today that you're a super introvert. Gotcha. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't talk to me. I mean, have you ever taken one of those like personality tests that that tell you what your type is? Uh, INFJ. I INFJ. Mm-hmm. INFJ. Let's see. Oh, you're the advocate, though. Yes. Is someone with the introverted, intuitive feeling, and judging personality traits. Yeah, that's you. Yeah, I'm very judgy. I can be very judgy. Yes. With, with deep thoughtfulness and imagination. That is you to a T. It is, but then you look at the list of INFJ people, and it's like Oprah, Nicole Kidman, uh, Mel Gibson, Carrie Fisher, Shirley Temple. Those people are not introverted. They're not? No. Nathaniel Hawthorne. <laughs> Paul from Peter Paul and Mary. <laughs> there you Adam go. Adam Sandler, Martin Luther King. Yeah, see, none yeah, of, see, I don't, I don't feel that those tests are all that accurate. None of those people. You cannot tell me that Carrie Fisher, who is supposed to be an INFJ, was an introvert. Well, it's because she's an actress. That's why she ended up taking enough drugs to kill herself. Well, and it wasn't the first time because, you know, apparently it's the rarest personality trait. Ooh. That makes total sense. 
I looked up INFJ famous people and it brought up Martin Van Buren for some reason. Like as oh, the main I, thing. My like, idol. What the fuck, man? My idol. I must have clicked on something way bizarre. I mean, it. I looking at the traits, it's very much me. <laughs> very much. Yeah, I don't remember what mine was other than that, like, when I read the description, it was like, oh, yeah, that's completely me. So, but I can't remember what it was. Wish I could remember. God damn it. Well, you can go to Personality Hacker and, and take a 10-minute quiz. There's only 60, 60 questions. Oh, Jesus. What is it? Personality you know, Hacker? Personality Hacker. We could do it right now. All right. Let's do it. We're taking Although, a personality hack t- test here. Here we go. Uh, uh, see, I don't want to add contact information i don't want to hear from you people i'm an introvert god damn it (laughs) (laughs) free personality tests take the test now but we need your email because we're going to send you spam for like incontinence drugs that's that's all right i'm going to make up an email okay and a last name All right, let's do that. A mail. Can we send you emails? No. Next. There was a problem with your submission. Oh, I have to click on can I send you emails. <laughs> All right. There you go. Here we go. Uh, so why bother asking? I, I don't know. My friends say that I am easy to read, get to know, somewhat private and difficult to read. Me? I. I value realism and common sense, innovation and imagination. I'm not going to tell you what I'm clicking on. I'm just going to read them. I enjoy receiving respect more than appreciation, appreciation more than respect. Okay. I am most comfortable when I can be prepared, spontaneous. When I meet someone new, I usually do the most talking, do the most listening. While knowing that everyone is a unique individual, Deep down, I feel like I'm basically the same as most people. Like there is something different about me compared to most people. An argument, an argument with feeling has more effect on me than a cold, rational one has the same or less effect on me as a cold, rational one. Uh, I get a lot of satisfaction from finishing projects from starting projects. People would describe me as outgoing or reserved. It is better to be practical or inventive. I have stronger social skills or analytical skills. I am more of a planner or an improviser. I think best when I can bounce my ideas off of someone else, work out my ideas internally before I share them with others. I like to use and refine existing skills, pick up new skills. I can get bored once a skill is mastered. For me, it's more interesting to know how people feel or how people think. At work, I would rather follow a plan or go with the flow. I usually act first and think when I'm while I'm acting or think first, no, act first and think while I'm acting, 
think first before acting. I am drawn to the realistic or the surrealistic. Uh, it is more important to be tactful or truthful. I am most comfortable when things are settled and decided or my options are open. All right, next page. Uh, ask me a question and I will usually start talking to come up with an answer, take my time to form an answer in my head before I respond. I'm usually more absorbed in things I can see, hear, feel, taste, or touch, my daydreams, thoughts, and imagination. I tend to value compassion more than competence, competence more than compassion. I am sometimes accused of being too rigid or wishy-washy. Uh, it is more difficult for me to be quiet or loud. I solve problems by grounding myself in the facts until I understand the problem, jumping between different ideas, possibilities, and perspectives. When interacting with others, I am friendly and have, difficult, and have difficulty remaining businesslike. I am usually brief and businesslike. I try things that I am reasonably sure will work, or just to see what will happen. Uh, I talk about things most important to me whenever the subject comes up, only with those I trust. <clears throat> I think rules and regulations are necessary or necessary for other people. I make most decisions guided by feelings or based on logic and facts. I usually prefer to work at a steady pace or in bursts. If I have to spend a lot of time alone, I feel bored or depressed, relaxed and refreshed. Regardless of what other people say, deep down, I feel that I am pretty normal or kind of weird. <laughs> I value harmony and authenticity or accuracy and effectiveness. I think best when my surroundings are clean and uncluttered. I do not have to follow a procedure. Uh, I prefer to engage or observe. I am usually more entertained by the reality of what's going on around me or my interpretation of what's going on around me. I usually obey my heart more than my mind, my mind more than my heart. Uh, I like to know what I'm getting into or adapting to new situations. All right. 60%. When I am problem solving, I tend to think out loud or close my eyes to shut out distractions. A conversation about purely abstract ideas and theories is usually kind of annoying, totally energizing. I believe feelings are always valid whether they make sense or not. Valid as long as they make sense. I take pride in being dependable or free-spirited. If I go to the gym or library, I take the opportunity to interact with people. I find a place by myself and focus on my work. Under most circumstances, I naturally pay more attention to what is happening or what could be happening. I trust what my heart tells me. I trust what my head tells me. I am naturally more organized or disorganized. I prefer to discuss things with a group of people or one person at a time. When I need to do my best work, the feeling of inspiration is great, but if I do not feel inspired, it does not affect my ability to get things done right. Or vital, and if I do not feel inspired, it's very difficult for me to produce something I'm happy with. Uh, I tend to pay more attention to my emotions or my thoughts. I am more orderly or random. When working, I love to be in the middle of the action, close my door and enjoy the quiet. 
Sometimes I pay so much attention to the facts, either past or present, that I miss new possibilities. Or I think so much about new possibilities that I do not look at how to make them a reality. It is worse to be unsympathetic or biased. Uh, in general, I think people would benefit more from more responsibility or spontaneity. Uh, whenever possible, I connect with people. I avoid unnecessary interaction. In everyday life, I often meet people that seem to see things the way I do, or it's rare to meet someone who really seems to be on the same wavelength as me. It's more important to be kind or fair. Uh, for appointments, I usually am on time or early, on time or a little late. All right. Oh, Jesus Christ. Now I got to do this. Where do you naturally focus your attention? Focus on the outer world. I focus on the inner world. How do you naturally tend to see the world? I see the world in terms of possibilities, patterns, or principles. I see the world in terms of real, concrete, and specific. What is usually... How do you make a judgment call? I make the most decisions by considering how living things will feel as a result of my decisions. Make most of the decisions... Where in your life do you prefer to have order and organization? My external environment ordered and organization, which makes inner freedom. My thoughts and feelings organized, which allows me to make split-second decisions and improvise. All right. Submit. I am an INTJ. Mm. I am an ISTJ. I am introverted, intuitive, thinking, and judging. Uh, okay. So let me get away from this and see what INTJ personality is supposed to be. I am the architect. It's a person, uh, these thoughtful tacticians love perfecting the details of life, applying creativity and rationality to everything they do. Their inner world is often a private, complex one. I would totally agree with that. Um, some, some architects are also Michelle Obama, Elon Musk, Christopher Nolan, and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hmm. Okay. And Walter White from Breaking Bad. What the fuck? <laughs> well, there you have it. <laughs> How is that? It's like they do real people and then like a bunch of fake people. So it's like Grand Gandalf the Grey and Katniss Everdeen, Seven of Nine. Jay Gatsby from The Great Gatsby. Wow. All right. Well, that's my personality type. INTJ. Well, here you go. So yours changed? Mine's changed. Well, I don't know if that, if that personality test is specifically Meyer Briggs or if it's a different version of it. Okay. All right. Cool. Yes, but other ISTJ are uh, Thorin Oakenshield. <laughs> Hermione Granger, Darth Vader, Ron Swanson. <laughs> Jesus. 
Sheldon Cooper. Oh, man. Black Widow, Jason Bourne, Cogsworth, <laughs> Brienne of Tarth, Ned Stark, Jon Snow. So basically, you're somebody not to be fucked with. That's right. There you go. That's right. All right, so let's see. Let's see if they, what they recommend for my best careers for an INTJ personality type. Top careers, accountant, uh, financial advisor, mathematician. Yeah, you've never seen my math skills. Uh, arts, arts and design. Okay. Industrial engineer, editor, photographer. I guess I'm in the right, um, I guess I'm in the right field. Careers to avoid receptionist, dental hygienist, hotel clerk, secretary, social worker. Oh, could you see you as a social worker? No. <laughs> no. Telemarketer. Yeah, I'm not doing that either. And then there's a thing that says, but what you really should do is you should be working for yourself. <laughs> hmm. That's interesting. All right, so we're going to go with your original, the INFJ, right? Okay. And your your careers would be writer, librarian, scientist, geneticist, graphic designer. Uh Come on. Um Project coordinator, uh, pol- politician. Mm, no. Oh, that's a career to avoid. Okay. Okay. Good. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say introverts don't usually make good politicians. No. But I mean, graphic designer and project coordinator just is you. That kind of sums it up. Yep. <laughs> I worked in a library during high, at high during high school. See, there you go. Careers to avoid EMT, engineer, <laughs> military officer, restaurant manager, <laughs> accounting <laughs> finance. Very interesting. So there you have it. That's that's us in a nutshell. If you've ever wanted to know what makes Dance Monkey Dance work, it's a couple of introverts. Yes. But see, it it shocks me that you're an introvert because you were an Eagle Scout. Like, you had to, like, be personable as an Eagle Scout, right? You learn to adapt. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, seriously, I mean, I can get in front of a big group of people and and talk, but I would prefer not to. (laughs) I think most people would prefer not to. I can take charge when I need to, but I would much rather be 
you know, part of a team. Okay. That's how you can blame shit on people. Oh, exactly. I know you. Don't worry about it. No, that was Chris's job. I guess he fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've never said that before. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, good times. Wow. Well, what do you know? What what an enlightening <clears throat> episode, huh? It is. A little bit of politics, a little bit of personality disorders. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we learn more about each other. That's right. It's all good. It's all good, and you're you're actually traveling soon. Two weeks. So. I will not be talking to the person in the seat next to me. (laughs) Well, I was going to say there's there'll be a show next week, but after that, it might be sketchy for a little while. It might be. I may may record like daily updates for you. And then you could spice them together. There you go. And I can come up with questions to ask, like from whatever you're saying, I'll be like, so John, what was blah, 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 blah. And then I cut to the tape and then you just answer the question. Right. See, there you go. Oh, Lordy. All right. Well, do you have anything else for this week? Uh, no. no. I think I think that was a good week. Okay. All right. All right. Good week. You want to get it's right up there with the the tribute to Nippy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we 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 had a tribute that we didn't even know about. Exactly. That's us. We're the tribute guys. That's right. <laughs> We like to talk about dead people. Mm-hmm. You know why? Because they don't talk back. <laughs> Yet. <laughs> Yet. It's coming, though. It's coming. It's coming. Uh, all right. Well, if you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us an email at info at dancemonkeypodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Let us know you're listening. So until next week, this is Chris. This is John. Have a good week. Halfway to Hell is still not a recommended destination. <laughs>